It doesn't matter if you love him. Or capital H-I-M. Just put your paws up. Because you were born this way, baby. Welcome back to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Do please stay connected. You can write to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you are welcome to DM me through the at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Anything and everything to do with this podcast or the entertainment industry itself, I look forward to hearing from you. I really do love hearing from listeners of this show. Email is great. Social media DMs are perfectly fine, too. But actually talking with you is ideal. I actually have an update on something I mentioned in that regard a couple weeks ago coming up during today's episode. Joining me today on location in Las Vegas, my guest is a singer, multi-instrumentalist, tribute artist, content creator, influencer, and producer. She has been portraying Lady Gaga for 13 years, seven of which she has performed for the world-renowned tribute show Legends in Concert. Most recently, she has produced her own show, Lady Winehouse, which debuted early this year right here in what has been called the entertainment capital of the world. She has been featured by Time Magazine, CBS News, Billboard.com, Access Hollywood, and Entertainment Tonight. And she has amassed a TikTok following of more than 78,000 and combined total of 3 million likes on that platform. You've been hearing her doing the Lady Gaga song, Born This Way. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Tierney Allen. Hello, how are you? Wonderful, <laughs> thank you for being here. Wow, when you make it, when you say all that, it's like, wow. That's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> is that me that he's talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, who is that? <laughs> well, it's great to finally meet you and do this interview. I have to confess, though, as I played that Born That Way track, mm-hmm. I actually had to go back to it once or twice to confirm this is Tierney and not the actual Lady no Gaga way. track. Right? <laughs> and in fact, you actively promote 100% live vocals yes. every show. Is Born This Way your favorite song of hers or the one you enjoy performing the most? I'm just curious as to what makes you land on that song as the one that you want to use as the demo for your Lady Gaga show. I think that Born This Way just has such an incredible message for everyone, all walks of life. And in that part of my life playing with recording equipment, I was like, let's record Born This Way. Let's see how this goes. Um, but as far as favorite song to perform... It's it's like how do you pick a favorite star in the mm. galaxy? Like every <laughs> single song is incredible, but I've been really really into "Hold My Hand" from the new Maverick Top Gun movie. I really love performing that, as well as "Million Reasons" at the piano. Okay, okay. Well, we just started, and yet I've already gotten way ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go way way back okay. because I want the audience to understand the foundation upon which you've built your entertainment career. Share about being a young girl and already knowing that entertainment was what you wanted to get into and so what you studied to lay the groundwork to make it happen. Well, I think the earliest memory that I have um, being that child in the ballet class, you know, I was like four years old and I was in ballet class and I was the one telling all the other kids to stand in line and uh, <laughs> that was me. I knew it from a young age and it, it was... I, and what's really cool about it is that my mom saw that. My mom was uh, 
an actress of sorts and a model. And so she saw that in me from a young age. And when I started to show interest in the violin in second grade, um, that's when things really took off is for, for my education. And, um, it's a, it's a family funny story at my elementary school. You had to be in third grade to be in the school orchestra, but I was only in second grade and tenacious tyranny is <laughs> no, I want to do this. So apparently I marched my way into the principal's office for two weeks straight demanding that they put me in the orchestra oh and let me gosh. play violin. So um, my mom tells me, or the principal calls my mom and says, you know, your daughter has been in my office every day for two weeks. I'm going to have to let her play violin. She really means it. And my mom said, oh, okay, what do we have to do? And right then there, I jumped right into orchestra and I was obsessed. Wow. So that's, that's how my musicianship began right away. And being the little sneaky person, <laughs> sly person I was, I told my mom that there were no more violins left to rent at the school. So we had to go buy me a really, really good one in second grade. Wow. So, and that's not true. They just all sounded like crap. I wanted a good violin. <laughs> and then I, I ended up, you know, that over the years, um, that, that became kind of my, uh, what is the word prodigal, you know, um, side of me is before, long before singing was violin. I, I got a private teacher. I ended up um, in the San Jose Youth Symphony mm. from a very young age and a concert master of various groups within the San Jose Youth Symphony. And eventually my teacher brought me to um, become a guest soloist with the San Francisco Concerto Orchestra at 12 wow. years old. Wow. So that's, that's where it began. And then eventually I found singing. Yeah, there's opera in your background. Where was that? Well, so... I mean, timeline-wise. Timeline. Singing and opera came in in my middle school years. Now, I attended a performing arts middle school magnet as a violinist. And part of becoming a well-rounded performer in that school, they require you to take choir as well. And I'm mm. like, I don't want to sing. This is stupid. Mm. And I was so used to getting the solos as a violinist and being the best. And so when I get into choir and I find out you suck uh, and you're not, a, or you know, you're just not a great singer, I'm yeah. like what mom I can't sing and she's like well I can put you in vocal lessons and and Britney Spears was brand new on the the scene so I wanted to be a pop star so I imagine my you know complete disappointment when I come home from school and my mom said I signed you up for opera lessons mm. I'm like what I don't I don't want to learn opera and she's like you're gonna learn how to do everything the right way uh that's where my mom's, you know, expertise okay. or her wisdom came in. She did the same thing with violin. She found me the best teacher possible. Um, very, uh, an immigrant Japanese, you know, teacher who was the incredible violinist. So she did the same thing mm. with opera and it's again, set a great foundation for my vocals. Yeah, for sure. So I heard you mention in there San Jose mm-hmm. and I wonder what has your life looked like in terms of where were you born and raised mm-hmm. versus present day living here in Las Vegas, what stops might you have made elsewhere along the way? And were you ever doing, say, open mic night somewhere or performing maybe with a cover band, any of that kind of stuff? Sure. I think my whole life or my whole adult life, you know, from maybe middle of high school through my my 20s, it was always just 
scratching and scraping to be a music, uh, a performing working musician and a lot of obstacles in my way. Like you got to go to college, you got to do this. And I'm like, no, Are you, I have a boyfriend, a controlling boyfriend. And I, yeah. So it was, and this always, was all in Northern California. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In San Jose. Okay. Um, and so sure. I played open mic nights as a singer with my boyfriend at the time that was an acoustic guitarist and, but none of it felt right. Like I knew that I wanted to be on a big stage, but mm. I just really didn't know how to make that happen. And, um, eventually I kind of accepted defeat at some point. And I, I was always a musician, but I was like, you know what? I guess I, I guess I better play in the real world here tell the audience how big my eyes got i had looked down for a second when she said i accepted defeat i looked up at tyranny like what yeah accepted defeat this is I not know. the tyranny that i've come to know in the last 30 minutes well, since but you I guess, arrived and you know things <laughs> wow. things in my life have always just I, I i i like the term of manifestation as like you know when i'm not i'm not happy with what's going on in my my life and I'm going to manifest something and make this happen. And so that's kind of how, you know, I, I tried the LA thing. Um, ah. After San Jose, I tried, oh, let me go be a star in LA. Well, it turned out just to be my, my party and do drugs phase in my life. You know, I was yeah. young 20 something and uh, sure I booked a music video here and there as a actor, but it just, I was so, um, so distracted by everything everything else in LA, you know, mm. all the networking and party. I wasn't a focused musician. And, um, this was during the recession in 2008, nine. And mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. had to accept defeat, go back to Santa Cruz to live with my family wow. and start working at Jamba Juice. And this is my life. And that's when I decided to be a flight attendant, get, get a real, get a real job, go, go in the real world. Flight and flight attendant. Wow. Yeah. I had no idea. And see, I'm very confused because when folks go on your website, they're going to read a sentence that says, quote, in 2009, Tierney was struck with the idea of becoming a Lady Gaga impersonator when celebrity client Kate Beckinsale suggested that she make a job from her uncanny resemblance to the pop star Lady Gaga, end quote. So celebrity client Kate Beckinsale, what in the world was that all about? Because you just told us you decided to become a flight attendant. Right. But by the way, when you tell this story, I'm also going to want to hear when Kate Beckinsale said that to you, was your reaction, oh, heck yeah, or was it, oh, gosh, come on, please. Oh, my God. I, I would just, well, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll get, I'm so glad you brought this up because my life has been such a whirlwind that I forget these little stops along the way. But Yeah, that, flight if attendant, I, got I had anything, no idea, flight attendant. Well, if I got anything out of my time in L.A., my eight months only in L.A., it was the meeting with Kate Beckinsale. That was the one thing, the kismet opportunity that changed my life forever. And um, so I was working at Fred Siegel in Santa Monica selling designer sunglasses. I, that's, I was I was Miss Retail Management. And so and I, that's where I worked. And she was one of our regulars. Ah, okay. That day she had come in, picked out a 20 glasses or so, and I was checking her out on the computer. And she said... <laughs> I'm going to do my terrible British accent. You know, you look like that Lady Gaga. And I'm, what? what? Who, who's Lady Gaga? She's like, you know, she does that song, Just Dance. I said, oh, okay, thanks. And not thinking anything. She's like, you know, you really could make a job out of doing that. Celebrities need lookalikes. You can wow. make a job. Wow. And I just, 
I was just one flabbergasted that she said more than two words to me. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's like that pair, please that pair. And that's it. Yeah. Here's um, my but card. <laughs> that she started this whole conversation with me. And then I couldn't understand the idea of looking like somebody else for a living. Mm-mm. So, um, couple hours later I get home from my shift and decide to get on my computer yay internet and find out what is an impersonator oh okay I thought you were going to tell me that you went home and looked up Lady Gaga but instead you're going okay what is this I didn't know who Lady Gaga was I knew who the song I I thought Just Dance this was at the time of Ashley Simpson you know and her Mm. pop career so I thought Just Dance was her song go home look up look up Lady Gaga look up impersonation interesting Um, through learning about Lady Gaga, I just fell in love with her. Mm. I was like, this, this is the pop star. This is, she's doing something so different. We're the same age, literally separated by a month and a half, you know, in age, same height, same, same everything, same goals in life. Like, how could this be? And then I looked up impersonation. I was like, this is weird. (laughs) Okay. But now this is where I get confused insofar as you said that you, decided, okay, LA is not for me. I'm going to go back home to Santa Cruz yet. Tell the audience and folks stick with us because you're going to hear how this all comes together. Tell the audience what your husband does for a living and how that is the bridge from Kate Beckinsale's suggestion to being here in Vegas and in fact becoming a lady. Sure. But there is one little stop along that way before I left LA is on my last legs of attempting to stay in town and still try and make it. I did book a late, my first Lady Gaga gig off of Craigslist and I was terrible. Um, (laughs) I went and sang at like a super sweet 16 birthday party with my Halloween Lady Gaga costume and wig. But that's, I was like, this is so cool. I could be a pop star month later I move away. So back yeah. To Santa Cruz. Exactly. Back to Santa so did you Cruz. ever even really stick with the, with the flight attendant thing then? I lasted about a year and a half. Uh, oh, okay. F- at most. So I, we're in Santa Cruz I become a flight attendant, move off to Salt Lake city, do my training. And, um, maybe, maybe nine months into being a flight attendant, I come to visit my mom who li- who was living in Vegas and the most gorgeous man in the world walked in to the karaoke bar. Brad Pitt. Amazing. Oh my God. The the world was spinning. <laughs> it was like one of those movie rom-com moments where everything's fuzzy and all you can see is that person. And I said to my friend, that's, that's him. That's the guy. She's like, what? I was like, that's him. I'm, I, I, and I had to work up the courage to go talk to him. And now we've been married for almost 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So tell the audience what he does and how that ends up becoming you obviously living here in Vegas and, and like I said, becoming Lady Gaga. So my husband is Travis Allen. He is one of the top Elvis impersonators in the world and definitely the top in Las Vegas. And he stars in his own show or a show produced by someone else um, called All Shook Up, the only all Elvis show in Las Vegas. Mm. And so when he walked in that night, I said, that guy is Elvis. And I was drawn to him. I'm like, I'm an impersonator. I'm going to talk to the Elvis. And we, and we hit it off so well because he he's like, well, you know, I'm looking for a Lady Gaga, um, for a show that I'm producing. When he walked in the room, was he in his Elvis persona or in his, in his, well, at that time in his life, he was wearing his daily hair in an, a black dyed black pompadour, his own hair with sideburns. Like he just liked to look like that. He was very rockabilly at the time. Now he's like, 
just wears a baseball cap and you so know. it was easy for you to see though like you just said that's elvis that's elvis he's gorgeous yeah and so we upon talking to him he's like i need a lady gaga i let's let's next time you're in town because i was flight attendant uh, next time you're in town let's grab lunch and we can talk about this mm. and everything worked out so sm- incredibly with him that once we were together and professed our love and he was able to help me really take what my my amateur Lady Gaga Halloween costume, you know, impersonation to this next level. He, he says, babe, you know, you need to have better costumes. You need to pay attention to if she has this color hair with this costume, you need to, to line it That's up. That's what I was going to ask you because it sounds to me like when you first met him, he was well into his journey as Elvis, whereas here was you back at the starting line going, going, my experience, I went to a party. It was a sweet 16 and I dressed up in a costume and it's like, okay, you got a lot to learn here. So it sounds like he was not only your oily bow hunk, but he was also, I'm going to train you and teach you what it means to actually be an impersonator. Yes. Yes. And, and, and not like he actually sat me down and said, bullet points this is what you need but by being with him and around him and going with him on gigs because I was stars in my eyes look at this Elvis I would go with him on gigs and just watching how he did what he did so well that it 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 like through osmosis came into me and I took my impersonation so much more seriously Mm. and I and I was able to I, I got chills I started to dissect Lady Gaga everything from how how her makeup was done the hair color the way she formed her words and costumes and um he was he was what he did so well was so inspiring it wanted to make me better so while, while we're right here in the conversation, let's get technical here yeah. because we heard about the operatic training, yeah. but there's a big difference between being able to look like Lady Gaga mm-hmm. and actually singing like her. And I mean exactly like her as in worthy of performing as her on the world famous Las Vegas strip. I would have to think that maybe you found other Gaga impersonators along your journey. Tell us about the work you put in to perfect sounding like her was it watching endless hours of youtube videos was it listening over and over and over to her songs was it vocal training that practically ensured that you would sound just like her how did you master this the way that you have Mm -hmm. well first of all i would say that i haven't mastered it because it's she's always growing she's a human she has anatomy she she her voice has changed over the years and so um i would say that i've done all of the above what you just said Mm -hmm. i've endless hours of studying her watching her and think something that happens and vocal lessons of course but something that happens with impersonators i've found is that while we're performing we can almost in our like third eye, we can see them in our brain and hear them in our brains while we're performing so that we can actively be making vocal choices to sound more like that. Does that make any sense? Wow, It's almost like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what I'm taking from that is when you're on stage performing as Lady Gaga, you're thinking, what would she do here? Yes. What would she do in this moment? Absolutely. And I would, I want to, none of the choices I make are what would, in fact, sometimes we have a little bit of identity crisis because how would I perform? I don't know as Tierney. How would I perform? Because I performed as her so long that all I think about is how would she do this? Um, but that's a whole another thing. Um, but yeah, vocal lessons have been, and I don't take them regularly, like every single week, but when I have something, a new song comes out of hers that I'm having a difficulty with or like shallow, 
shallow is very difficult for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's right at my break and she belts it. And I eventually had to just, uh, just say, suck it up. I'm lowering the key because no matter uh, what okay. I do, I can't get it as strong as she does it. Who does the male part? In your my show. husband. Oh, he does. Yeah, he'll oh, do it. Okay. Or when I'm in Legends of Concert, we have a male backup singer, and he'll come out and he introduces me, and we'll okay. sing it together. But when you're talking about vocal lessons, educate me and the audience here. So, is it I go to someone that just works with me the way that a vocal coach does, or is it they work with me as Lady Gaga? That. They work with me on her songs, like the shape of my mouth and everything that, Mm -hmm. And so I've studied with, um, a dear friend named Kelly Vaughn and she is the most incredible singer as herself, but also many artists, tribute artists that she can do Dolly Parton. She can do Mm. Reba. She, and she transforms both vocal and, you know, visual. And so I studied with her, uh, this last year and she understands what it takes to take whatever this is happening in my anatomy and make it her, make it Gaga. Mm -hmm. And, um, a lot of it was physical that, you know, you need to place it, feel it resonate in your cheeks. And, and when you need to, I'm off the deep end, like you, you need to crouch down and find your stance and ground yourself. Like things that I wouldn't have thought of. And she, she, she picked apart Lady Gaga's shallow performance. And she says, see how she's in a plie right there. That's because she's going for that belt note instead of reaching for it. She's going down with it. Uh, That's why she's down wow. there. So then I was, I thought it was just a choreography move, but no, there are some real, um, Mm. choices that they make to get these notes out. And so I do the same. Wow. Wow. This is fascinating. This is fascinating. (laughs) I'm joined today on location in Las Vegas by singer, multi-instrumentalist, tribute artist, content creator, influencer, and producer Tierney Allen. You've been hearing us talk all about the act she has perfected, in my opinion. So go online and visit VegasLadyGaga.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, NHTE.net. On her website, you will find links to engage with Tierney on social media, including TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Facebook is being mean, and at the time of this recording, her page on there has gone under review. So if you try and go on there... It doesn't come up. She is aware of it. You don't have to let her know. She knows. I mentioned in the intro that her TikTok has 78,000 followers. So join the masses that are watching her content on there. Lots to see on her YouTube channel as well, where her videos have gotten a combined total of more than 300,000 views. Keep up with Tierney online for information about where and when you can see her perform live. We will be discussing that in the second half of the show. Okay, I owe everyone a clarification, an update, whatever you want to call it. For the last several weeks, I have been encouraging you all to join me on the OWL app. That's O-W-W-L-L. I have openly stated that they are not a sponsor. They're not paying me to talk about them. Anyhow, two weeks ago on episode 473 with Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Danny Serafin, I mentioned that even the guy who did the Saw films, the horror series Saw, that he is on the OWL app, but... Don't I didn't even say his name. So when you do download, install, and set up the OWL app on your phone, you can go look just to see that I was telling the truth. His name is Josh Stolberg, and I looked him up on IMDb, and it says he's even a writer on Saw 10, which is listed for 2023. Get on the OWL app and make connections with people like him and, of course, even me. OWL is free to download On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere that says home, or 
little shortcut, just head directly to nowhearthis.net. And of course, that's H-E-A-R. Either way, you want to dive into the article titled, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away. And in that, you will find not only links to get OWL from the App Store or Google Play, but the invitation code in there that you will need because it's a required field as you're setting it up on your phone. Get on there and start making connections. Tierney, you mastered Lady Gaga and decided, okay, who's next? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Tell us how the Amy Winehouse persona came to be, you developing a show around her also. Yeah, well, you know, if, if you know Lady Gaga and you are a fan of hers, you know that her career has these lulls. And it's not... It's not because she's not famous, but it's because she's working on something that's not music. So when she's working on a movie, it's dead air. And us fans get really bored and we, we miss her. And that's, that's how Amy came about for me. I'd been told for years and years that, that I look like Amy in, in certain lights and stuff. And um, that maybe I should go, jump into that. And so during that lull of Lady Gaga's filming career during House of Gucci... Um, I decided to do a makeup transformation as Amy Winehouse on my TikTok channel. My TikTok channel had been doing really well, and I said, well, let me buy a crappy Amy wig. Let's do the look, do a video. So I do that, post that before I go to bed, wake up the next morning with a message from a local show at Virgin Hotel saying, hey, the show is called 27, A Musical Adventure, and it highlights all the 27 club musicians. Mm. And um, I got a message from their, their publicist saying, we need a sub for our Amy Winehouse in the show. Can, can you come in an audition? Said, off of one TikTok off video? Off of one TikTok. Oh, my gosh. And, uh, and did, I, did I know her? Yes. I, I knew the PR person because she worked PR for Legends. So she already knew of me. She had been following me. But um, still, though, it's not like you had this body of work as Amy Winehouse where no. it's like, oh, well, let's just call Tierney Allen. She's, she's, she's doing this already. Yeah, yeah. So wow. I guess my validity as, you know, Lady Gaga at Tropicana for Legends, knowing this, this publicist and knowing that I can look as much like Amy, maybe she thought... Yeah, she could pull it off. Mm. We, just one night a week or something <laughs> to help out our Amy. And I said, oh, okay. And she's like, okay, I'll book you an audition for next week. And I spent, and they sent me the set list. I spent the week literally living and breathing Amy Winehouse to go do that audition. Did I get it? I got it. Wow. Yeah. Now, how familiar were you with her repertoire? I was... I'm not going to pretend like I was this huge Amy fan from the beginning. I wasn't. She, uh, I didn't dislike her, um, but she, her downfall or the, the decline of her career in her life happened right as I was coming out of high school and the, and American kids, we were very confused about her. Like, why is she doing these drugs and what's wrong with her? And we, we weren't into that type of music at that age. Now, had I been older, absolutely, I would have appreciated but her. But see, I'm glad that you said, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I was the biggest Amy Winehouse fan because I want the audience to understand how intensely you had to prepare for that audition in a very short period yes. of time. Because yes. it wasn't like you knew her catalog like no, the back of your hand. No, I, I knew rehab I've heard of Back to Black. That was my Amy knowledge. And 
it did it did feel like it's been it had been long enough since her passing that the general public kind of has forgiven her for what had happened at the end of her life or you know because for the longest time you know there were people would make fun of her and oh don't act like Amy Winehouse it, it was really sad you know and i think that's what kept me for so long from doing amy because there was so much negative connotation around mm. her fame okay. and it definitely now in this day and age in 2023 2022 it feels like it's been long enough so what you just described where you make this tiktok video the publicist sees it you get the audition that was what year uh 2021 wow yeah wow and audience Yes, this all sounds very glamorous, and I'm sure you're all excited to look at everything that Tierney has online to find out where and when you can go see her perform, but there's also a moment in the midst of all this that was anything but an envious period that Tierney went through during the pandemic. Sorry, I'm actually getting emotional. No, don't do that. During the (laughs) pandemic, you were actually diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, yeah, the... um... Man, right before that, I was at the top of my career, you know, me, me and my husband and 20 or 2019, we had the biggest years of our career. Mm. And then 2020 was shaping up to be the same. Um, January, February, we were just working and just the, the fame within our industry is growing. And then the pandemic hit. And everything got taken away from us and not only taken away, but told you're not essential you're nothing. Mm. A month after that, you know, I'm standing in my backyard and we, questionable coping mechanisms during lockdown is me and my husband having a couple cocktails in the backyard. And I was topless. Um, and my husband just, you know, as husbands will do, they just, he just kind of lovingly just kind of touched my breast and immediately reacted. And he said, what's that? I said, Oh, Oh, that's nothing. i and he's like, no, that's something that that's not been there before. Had you been aware of it no, when, when no. you said, oh, that's nothing. Is it like I felt it before, but whatever. Exactly. And I thought I just brushed it off. Oh, no, maybe my period's coming. Maybe it's hormones or something. And he's like, well, I know that that wasn't there before. And mm. I'm like, meanwhile, the world shut down. I can't get an appointment with a doctor. Right. So wow. um, I call my my uh, my OB and she's like, I'm, my office isn't open. You're going to have to go to some clinic and they couldn't get me in for weeks because of the pandemic. Mm. The next day, I know I'm getting into the fine details, but I, I really like to tell this story because it's really important for women to hear this, yeah. to listen to your gut yeah. and follow the things that happen. Um, I was, I call, I was walking my dogs with my daughter the next day and I got a call from my OB saying that she had a dream about me that she should see me. And, um, can I come to her office immediately? And I said, yeah, I dropped everything, went, she said, that's something you need to go tomorrow and get a mammogram. And within a week I had already, I had had my biopsy and it was diagnosed with stage three mm. breast cancer. Wow. So I think I so thankful to that doctor for, you know, she opened up her office in the dead of the pandemic just to see me because she had a dream about me. I mean, mm. That's crazy. Yeah, but That's it was crazy. it was rough. That was uh, it's it's one thing to to go through cancer like it's it's awful enough, but when the world is falling apart around you and you're a mother and you have no income, you have, you have nothing. Um, it made it it made it 
feel like literally my, my life was over. But we got through it. I was just going to say, before I change the subject and try to get us back into a happy place, I do want the, there to be some closure and the audience understand that. Absolutely, that, yeah. I mean, I, I went through I did the treatment, and I went the tried and true doctor's way, and here I am, two years, two and a half years in remission, cancer-free, and it feels awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to be insensitive and have the audience go, I can't believe Bruce is just moving on from that. And no, no. I mean, <laughs> that, it, it that, is. That, I knew that I knew audience that there is good news. There's, a, the, there's, the a, there's a rainbow and, at the end of the, the storm. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm always impressed when a performer has a truly DIY approach and tyranny. That's <laughs> definitely the case with you. Everything from costume designer to wig stylist mm-hmm. to makeup artist to yeah. even your own graphic design, which includes your website. Yeah. What went into the decision to wear all those hats? Meaning, was it, uh, I already knew how to do all that, or, you know, I enjoy those kind of things, or was it, I'll be honest, I wanted to save the money of not having to pay four different people to do it all for me? I mean, that part is nice, saving the money, but something about the way I was brought up was never like, you can't do that. My parents always like, do it, make it, you know, and uh, my mom was a seamstress, so I learned how to sew from her, and I just, early on in my career, it just felt part of like part of the experience of becoming Lady Gaga was experiencing the costume creation and having that buy-in to my performance that I made this just the way she has every part in her, her design process too of, of how she displays herself to the world. I want to do the same thing. And so I do, I, I love making the costumes and the wigs anyone can learn it. You just have to take the time. I've always been interested in hair. So I, I took the time to learn how to do wigs and that eventually, you know, will lead to a future career in wig making after I'm long and done with performing. And um, uh, web design just just kind of came to me. I don't know. I just, uh, again, I, I don't like the, I don't know how to do that. I like the, let me find out how to do that. Mm, and so, like and that. there's so many resources out there to, to just do it. So... There I go. I, yeah. I make press kits for people. And <laughs> Your own uh, audience. I was complimenting Tierney when she and I were emailing each other, setting up this interview. She sends me her two EPKs, and I said, "These are terrific." And she, you know, she did them herself. But you know, I kind of sensed it when you said that when you moved here and you met your eventual husband, and he said, you know, we need to help you transition better into Lady Gaga, and you started to mention even back then. I think your eyes were probably open then, and you were probably so hungry, I really want to become Lady Gaga, that it's almost like I don't have the time or the interest to go looking for someone else to create these costumes. I want to see progress, and I want it to happen like yesterday, Yes. so I'm just going to make the outfits myself. Yeah, and it, it felt a little bit, maybe it's a little control freak, but I, the the way that I look at the costumes is this such immaculate detail that I don't trust others to get it exactly right the way I do it. Mm. And I've only ever trusted one person to make a costume that's identical to Gaga's. And that's my friend, Emily Brummer. And she, she, she's a professional seamstress works here in town and she made my Super Bowl. There's no Super Bowl bodysuit out there that is exactly like it the way mine is. Mm. And part of it came from going to the house of Gaga museum here with a full on DSLR camera, taking high res pictures of, of this beautiful garment made by a Versace. And it, it is the most incredible costume. I could never have made that, but I brought her on to make it because I knew that she understood. She used to work wardrobe for legends and concert. Uh, okay. She understood the detail that tribute artists need to have. 
I saw a TikTok video you posted where you were asking people where they wanted you to come perform. Is there, in fact, a Lady Winehouse tour currently being planned? And if so, what are some of the cities where the audience can look for you to be performing? Uh, at present moment, um, we just have our East Coast agent and our West Coast agent working with different venues to get things booked. So everything's in the paperwork side of it. Um, but more like substantial here in town, we're actually looking to make it a monthly residency at the space. Ah. Yeah, the uh, Mark Chinook really liked the show, and he th- and we had such a great draw, we sold out. So we're going to try it a couple more times and maybe make it a monthly show because there's so much you can do with these two acts into one show. And we can always, it could, it could be an ever-evolving show. I can bring in a guy to be Tony Bennett. I can do a pop set, or I can do a stripped-down acoustic set as Amy. You know, there's so much to do there that let's change it up and make it a monthly show. Before, when we were talking about you're on stage and you're Lady Gaga and you're thinking, what would she do here? I wonder how easy or difficult is it to do one show where you're portraying two different characters, meaning Lady Gaga and Amy Winehouse. Once you switch into that second one, you have to completely shift who you are and not slip into, oops, I'm still singing in the other one's voice. I think the way that I formatted my Lady Winehouse show was to start with Amy on purpose so that I can take that time while I'm doing my makeup to get into Amy. Since Amy is so foreign to me, um, I start my show with Amy and that's about 45 minutes. And when I come off, I change and I go on as Gaga Gaga's it's, it's my bread and butter. It's what have been what I've been doing for years. As soon as I put that look on, I step on stage. It's an entirely different persona and vocal that feels like home to me. So I don't ever have that crossover yet. Yeah. And I think you putting it in that order, I can see now why you would do it that way. Why you do Amy first, because it's like, all right, I really need to be just focused on getting into her. Mm-hmm. And then I know I can exhale I and can go breathe. into my comfort zone. And <laughs> as you're changing into Gaga costume wise, yeah. you're changing into her mentally, which is just kind of, I don't want to say putting it on cruise control, but you understand the spirit with which I'm saying that. Whereas if you were coming off as Gaga and you're going, okay, whoa, big shift now. Yeah. It's like, I couldn't oh, I put I mean, too much pressure on myself. Doing here, didn't Amy I? is putting myself in such a box and it's not like a box, like, oh, Amy isn't that great of a singer. No, Amy was fantastic. But the way she held herself on stage, it was almost uh, this mysterious insecurity that she had, you know, a slight uncomfortability on stage. And that's not me. That's Mm. not me as Gaga. (laughs) So I setting myself up with that in the beginning is very important to be. I want to make sure people understand why I introduced you as an influencer. As much as we've been talking about your work as Lady Gaga and as Amy Winehouse, and as much as you have a lot of great content on your TikTok, absolutely showing people some really, really behind-the-scenes looks at what goes into a lot of that. You've also been successful with brand collaborations, promoting various hair and makeup products. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't consider myself like a beauty influencer. I don't want people to think like, Oh, I do makeup tutorials and doing your, but like I, uh, some of my bigger brand uh, collaborations have been with wigs. And I think the way that I've partnered with Chelsea Smith cosmetics with the ways that they've sent me and, um, I think it demystifies wearing wigs to the average person. Um, traditionally, you know, wigs were more in the black community, but, um, now more, um, 
Caucasian women are, t- are starting to delve into that. I, I think I'm making it more accessible to them and less scary to wear. And I'm showing them that you can do this too. And empowering women, especially when I was bald. You know, I, there's so many women with alopecia or hair loss and... Um, or we don't have to just stay with whatever hair. We could be whatever we want to be. And I, that's my Lady Gaga side to me, I guess. Did you lose all of your hair when you were... Well, and it kind of, it kind of worked out for me because um, I started chemo right as summer started. And I said, I don't want to hold on to the, all this hair while it's the dead of summer in Las Vegas. Let it fall out. But they, they never really prepare you for what it's like when it does fall out. So as it's like coming on club site, mm. we had a good cry as a family. And then I let my... My husband and my daughter shaved my head. <laughs> and folks, I think your hair looks really great, Thank by the you. way. Yeah. Oh, I love short hair So by now. the time this episode comes out, folks, you will have already missed the pictures I will have posted on Instagram of Tyranny and I recording today. So make sure you go on the at now here this entertainment Instagram account and look and see how she looked like here at, the, here at our recording. Obviously, you're going to follow her on her socials and stuff, but... Our mutual friend, Lisa McClowry, yeah. she was the guest back on episode 430, and we recorded, for all intents and purposes, in this very same space a year ago, and she told a fun story about being Cher in the Legends concert and the show being over and riding up in the elevator with people who had just been at the show <laughs> and didn't even know that she was the one who had been portraying Cher. Yeah. Do I understand that you and maybe I'm making this up because I wanted to trying to project this, but did I see somewhere that you have been mistaken for Lady Gaga and have had to tell people, sorry, I'm actually not her. Absolutely. But it's, that only really happens when I do it on purpose. Um, as you can see me as me, I make a distinction to be me during the day. Um, Mm -hmm. but early on in my career, and I feel like a lot of impersonators will do this is to get that validation from the public is I, I would dress up as Lady Gaga and go walk on the strip, you know, uh, and not trying to take pictures with people to, to make money, but like, yeah. let's, let's see how this is received. And it's happened a couple times, um, where, you know, I was sitting having a drink as Lady Gaga, Gaga was in town and somebody asked for a picture, one turns into five and 20 and hundred, and then you're getting mobbed and it, <laughs> In those instances, people see what they want to see. They they see, hey, they think she's Lady Gaga. Sure, she looks like yeah. hey, that's Lady Gaga. Yeah. But now, um, and people are in the back going, "What's everybody looking at? Lady exactly. Gaga's it's over Lady there." Gaga. So it's the whispers, and it all lands as a group think type situation, <laughs> you know. Um, but I have been in certain situations where clients have told their guests that I was really Lady Gaga. I come out, everyone thinks I'm her because the client said that. And so now, ever since that's happened, I do have to I have a clause in my contracts that the clients aren't allowed to mislead their guests uh. because I, you know, I work so closely with the house of Gaga, Gaga's actual people. I know her parents, um, not very closely, but I, I know her team and I would never want to disrespect her or her team that way by trying to mislead people specifically. I'm lady Gaga. No, no, I'm not. When you were doing this at Tropicana, did you ever have any of those moments that Lisa McClowry said were, you know, 20 minutes ago she was share and now here she is as Lisa and you're, you're somehow around the very people who are in the audience and you're just tyranny and they don't know that you're listening to them say like, Oh my gosh, Lady Gaga. You know, I want to say yes, but, um, I didn't hang out the, the hotel too much after, after work because I'm a mom. So I basically get all my makeup off and dart out to go get home to my family. And so that's where, um, I have to balance my life. 
I do want the audience to know, just backing up to when you said about Gaga's team, I want people to know that you have received acclaim from Lady Gaga's parents and, and her team. Yeah. So the answer is yes, audience. If, if you're saying, does, is Lady Gaga aware of tyranny? Of course. I, I would I, I would assume. I'm, I know her, her manager, Bobby Campbell. He, you know, last time I, I saw him at the uh, jazz and piano show, Brian Newman's After Hours show, and he came right up to me, hey, Tierney, and gives me a big hug, and see her makeup artist, Sarah Tano, and Freddie, and they, they all know who, they all see my content, and um, I, I figure if they're, if there was anything bad to say, if they didn't approve of it, they wouldn't have acted like that, you know? So they, they know, and um, I respect the hell out of them. And then when it comes to her dad, um, he saw me in line one night at the Brian Newman show, and he's like, he did a double take. And he's like, <laughs> are you my are you my long-lost daughter? I'm like, oh, stop it. <laughs> and then I went and talked to him um, later that night, and then eventually he wanted to book me to come perform at Joanne's Trattoria, Trator, I don't know how to say that word, in New York, uh, but it just, scheduling conflicts couldn't work mm. out. Um, but I hope someday I do get to go out to New York and perform at the family restaurant. I think that would be just a life was like a milestone to perform for a family's restaurant. But you know, you and I were talking before I pressed the record button today about the fact that you've been doing this for 13 years. And as you just started to say, you would think that if they were turned off by it for some reason, if they didn't like it, it wouldn't be 13 years. They would have quote unquote shut you down a long yeah. time ago. And it does happen for some, some tribute artists. Uh, there has been numerous that have gotten cease and desist letters from the direct artists themselves. Uh, educate me. Um, I don't know some like, of the specifics I don't, I don't or want, names. I don't want, to, or, yeah, I don't want names, yeah. but just give us an example. Of like, why would an A-lister want a particular tribute artist shut down? Because they're uh, like yeah. representing them poorly. Um, there, there's that representing poorly, or hanging out in places that they never would have hang, hung out, or um, not giving the caliber of performance that that, that they deserve, uh, okay. right? Um, but there's been some fun stories about a really good Kid Rock impersonator here in town, and I can call him out because he's just so stinking good. <laughs> and Kid Rock, you know, was like, "Look, dude, you can't be doing this." And so they they ended up having to find a mutual agreement to allow him to still do his tribute work, but make sure that you're, these people know you're not really me. And, um, so yeah, the, that's probably the most notable one, but because he, he lets him continue doing the tribute work with specific parameters. Interesting. Yeah. I want to close with something that I'm going to, ha ha ha. We're in Vegas. I'm going to gamble. Ha ha ha. I'm going to take a gamble and say that this is probably your favorite thing to talk about couple times throughout the interview you've mentioned you know I am a mom oh. and you know we're, we're, we're talking all about all this performing that you're doing and, and what a hard-working performer you are but at the end of the day guess what she happens to be a mom and I bet you that's your favorite thing to talk about yeah I I I, I it's been it's been a ride <laughs> becoming a mom while also staying a performer yeah. and finding balance within that um with I don't want her to to see mommy as this crazy person. I, try, mm, I, I it's hard to talk about this because I I want to raise my daughter in such a normal, wonderful way. So focus on her education. This, but then she gets to see mommy and daddy dress weird as somebody entirely different, going off to work, which is a show. Um, so yeah, I guess she's being raised in the Vegas show style that so many of my friends are raising their children. But how difficult is it for you and your husband to say, 
We want her to do whatever she wants to do. We're not going to push her into entertainment when you are both going off to work as Lady Gaga and as Elvis. Right. Well, and and we're very cognizant of that always. I mean, we truly, she, she's so into science and she's Mm. so into all these other things and we nurture that. And she has her own path that she's found on her own is that she studies contortion with, Ah. um, uh, her teacher is from Mongolia and she was in Zumanity Cirque du Soleil for 15 years. Wow! So because my daughter was born naturally, incredibly flexible, this is a path that she found and she loves it. And it's completely different than singing or impersonation and, um, yeah, but she's start, she starting to find her little legs, though. She, when she sees me recording content, she wants to be a part of it. And I'm, I noticed that she, she'll she take my phone and go try and record a video, and she has really good on-camera skills, you know? So I think we're just letting her find it on her own and just nurture whatever is interesting to her. Yeah, exactly. And and if she finds her way to entertainment, it's because she went there, yes. not because you and your husband said, well, you know you're going to be an entertainer, no, right? <laughs> no, I want her to do what makes her happy. And like the other day at school is the school wanted her to, the kids to dress up. What do you want to be dressed? Like what you want to be when you grow up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't have her dress up because I don't subscribe to that idea of choosing one career. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. I want, I tell her all the time, she said, I want to be a doctor, but you can be a doctor and you can be a web designer and you can do this and have an Etsy shop and be a crafter. And my generation was brought up with like, you have to choose one thing. And I've never believed in that. Well, and you were telling me before we started that as much as we have talked about the success you're having as a performer, you're already thinking beyond that. So as much as you are looking at Lady Winehouse shows and hoping that your agents will book you East and West Coast, you're already kind of thinking like, I'm not going to do this show until I'm 85. Absolutely. We and have which to is be... going to be a good example for your daughter to see that you are going to wear all these different hats. Yes, and I, I like her to see the entrepreneurial um the soul that we have is that you want something keep going, but the real we're realistic, my husband and I, and performing as Elvis six, seven nights a week is kick your butt physically. And Lady Gaga's not going to be, we're not going to look alike forever. So, um, so we've started developing a new, uh, concept, a new company called Vegas dinos. And we've, uh, had two, full-size replica animatronic um, dinosaurs created for us. They're on their way right now, as well as uh, hand-puppeted baby dinosaurs. And we're already getting bookings by doing, uh, bringing real, quotes, dinosaurs to the Las Vegas community and these experiences for parties or corporate events. And, Uh I mean, dinosaurs are timeless. Who doesn't like a dinosaur? (laughs) And so this way we're able to do this event company as long as we're, we could stand, you know, literally physically mm-hmm. stand because um, everyone's going to love dinosaurs forever. And we're also seeing it as an opportunity to show Charlotte how we build a business, how we go out in the community, okay. how we connect with people, how to talk with people. And um, there's just so many lessons to be learned with starting a new business with our child. She actually has a dinosaur trainer costume and she's learning with a little microphone how to talk to people mm. and learn about uh, these creatures. But I take my hat off to you and your husband because I think a lot of performers, I don't want to say are in denial, but I think they are so focused on the present and getting that next booking and making sure that there's a steady paycheck coming in as Lady Gaga, as Elvis, as the list goes on, that it's kind of a case of, I don't want to think about the future. Why do I need to do that? Everything's going great right now. 
Because you can't, as you said, be Elvis six nights a week. And I think that our experience with cancer, I can't say it's my experience, it's my family's experience with cancer because they're my caretakers, is anything could happen. And um, we want to think about the future. We want to know that we're going to be okay in the future if, if tribute art didn't work out. And this is our way of doing that. This was great, as I knew it would be. <laughs> I really appreciate you making time to come and talk with Absolutely. me and be on Out Here This Entertainment. Thank you so much. And congratulations on, on just a wonderful career. It's Thank you so, so much. wonderful to hear it all firsthand. Yay, I had so much fun. <laughs> great, great. And folks, with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, multi instrumentalist, tribute artist, content creator, influencer, and producer Tierney Allen. Again, do visit her website at VegasLadyGaga.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. Once you land on her website, do look for the social media icons so you can engage with Tierney on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Shockingly, I actually don't have TikTok. I've said that on a couple other episodes before, but I am following her on Instagram, and I know she would appreciate you doing so on one or more of those three platforms. For that matter, tell her that you heard her on Now Hear This Entertainment. You heard about the Lady Winehouse Show. Keep up with Tierney online for information about where and when you can see her perform live as dates and locations get announced. If you like Now Hear This Entertainment, this episode, others before it, every episode, feel free to let me know as much by way of a, here you go, thanks for what you do, Bruce, by going to my podcast website, nhte.net, and then utilizing the yellow logo there that says, buy me a coffee. It's not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with a chain or a brand. You hear a lot of indie artists at their gigs these days giving out their Venmo, their PayPal, their Cash App. This is a fun way for you to let me know that you like what I do through this podcast. Check out my buy me a coffee option, put a note on there with it, and know that I'm grateful for your support of this podcast. That's going to do it for episode 475. Thanks ever so much for listening. I will send you out today with a mashup of Tierney's Lady Winehouse show, a tribute to Amy and Gaga. All I can never be to you is a darkness that we know, and this regret I got cussed up to. When we were at a high Waiting for you in a hotel that night I knew I hadn't met my match But every moment we could smash I don't know why I got so attached Losing hate. I'll make a brand new start of 